Never a doubt in my mind. Yesterday, 100% confidence that the Vikings would walk out of Lambeau Field with a W, especially when the when the Packers were driving late, giving Rodgers the ball back. Never a doubt. This is liars everywhere. <laughs> no, I can prove it. Look at look at my uh, my cage. Let pick the pros challenge. I picked the Vikings to win. Me and the three percent of people nationwide playing pick the pros picked the Vikings to win. Mostly out of sadness. I don't know what it was. We'll talk Vikings football. We'll also talk uh, Gopher football in the debacle in Maryland. Ugh. At the end of the Laker football game, where we, we were keeping tabs on the score, Gophers were up like 35-21. Losing to Maryland. The Maryland meltdown, they're calling it. We'll talk to Mike Grimm, second half of the sports rap, voice of the Golden Gopher football team. He was there in person to witness said Maryland meltdown. We'll talk to Mike Grimm about Maryland. We'll also preview Illinois coming up this Saturday. 2.30 kickoff as the Gophers look to get in the win column for the first time this year. The Gophers that used to be ranked, what, 21st, 19th, depending on the poll? Way, way, way out of the polls now. We'll also recap some NFL scores from yesterday and the Minnesota High School Football All-Star Game Showcase not going to happen in 2020. Let's rewind the weekend. Rewind time. Rewind. And how nice it was it to have Dalvin Cook in plays like this back yesterday. Minnesota 3 of 4 on third down. Third and 9 from the 50. Cousins with a screen left to Dalvin. Gets the 50. Angles right. Ambles to the first down. Cuts right 35. Makes a Packer miss. And he's loose! Dalvin Cook becoming the first Vikings player since Ahmad Rashad in 1979 to score four touchdowns in a game. Had three on the ground and that one through the air. Technically a pass, a screen pass out booster Kirk Cousins numbers. Uh, we'll get to Kirk's numbers in a bit on what was a, a pretty windy day at Lambeau Field. Vikings upset Green Bay 28-22 to to improve to 2-5. and five. On the season, after the Packers drove down the field for a five-yard touchdown from Rodgers to Devontae Adams, who else? Cook began his career day with a 21-yard touchdown to tie the game. Green Bay answered back with another Rodgers to Adams touchdown, their second of the day. But Cook tied the game again on a one-yard touchdown plunge to send the Vikings to the locker room, tied at 14 at the half. In the second half, it was all Vikings. 159 yards on the ground, Mark strikes to the goal line for another touchdown. With the Vikings up 21-14, Cook buried the Packers with that 50-yard screenplay to put Minnesota ahead for good, 28-14. But that being said, the Packers scared the Vikings fans. Uh, Packers had the last stand late in the fourth quarter with Rodgers found Adams with a third touchdown pass of the game, picked up the two-point conversion to make it 28-22. His Mason Crosby, the Green Bay kicker, did not practice all week with a with a hamstring and a back issue. Going for two points there, probably the, the strategic thing to do to make it a, a six-point game. But the Packers drove for a potential game-winning score. Everybody's newest favorite Viking. Not Yannick Ngakwe, not Daniil Hunter, 
not a Fetty Adenabo, but rookie DJ Wanham stripping Rodgers as time expired to preserve the 28-22 victory. Vikings now 2-5, and five, prepare for another division battle as they host the Detroit, Ly- the Detroit Lions in Week 9. Adrian Peterson, Everson Griffin coming back to U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend. Got some other NFL scores to get to today, including the the Garbage Eagles overcoming four Carson Wentz turnovers as they outlast the Dallas Cowboys for even a bigger dumpster fire, 23-9 on Sunday Night Football. We should write petitions to the NFL to stop putting NFC East teams in prime time. Ridiculous. Wentz threw for two touchdowns for the win. Rodney McLeod returned a fumble for a touchdown for Philadelphia, which leads the NFC East at 3-4-1. My favorite NFL player this year, outside of DJ Wadham, JMU's Ben DiNucci, losing two fumbles in the loss for the Cowboys, who now drop to 2-6. and six. Another good one, rivalry game in Baltimore. Ravens versus Steelers. Lamar Jackson's pass on the final play fell incomplete in the end zone as the Steelers scored Three second-half touchdowns to beat the Ravens 28-24 to remain undefeated at 7-0. Ben Roethlisberger, 182 yards, two touchdowns, one to Eric Ebron, one to Chase Claypool as Pittsburgh moved to 7-0. Jackson throwing for 208 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, the loss for Baltimore. They fall to 5-2. With the win, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, formerly a Minnesota Viking coach, won his 140th game, moving him past Tony Dungy, also a former Minnesota Vikings coach, for the most wins ever by a black head coach in NFL history. Also worth noting that uh, those two former Vikings assistant coaches also have won Super Bowls as head coaches. Denver Broncos scoring three fourth-quarter touchdowns to rally from a 21-point deficit to stun the L.A. Chargers 31-30 to in Denver. Drew Locke locked in, phoning K.G. Hamlin to pull even with the Chargers with no tie remaining in regulation. Then Brandon McManus booting the game-winning extra point for the Broncos, who moved to 3-4. and four. Rookie quarterback Justin Herbert for L.A., throwing for 278 yards, three touchdowns, two picks for the Chargers, who fall to 2-5. and five. Stefan Diggs check in Buffalo. Tyler Bass kicking the go-ahead field goal with just over four minutes left as the Bills edge the Patriots 24-21 in Orchard Park. Fantasy letdown, Zach Moss running for two touchdowns for the Bills. Stephon Diggs, 92 yards for the Buffalo Bills. They moved to 6-2. and two. Cam Newton, another disappointing game for him. 154 yards, ran for a touchdown to save his fantasy value, but made a costly fumble late as the Patriots fell to 2-5. and five. Monday night football tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York football Giants. Gross. <laughs> Tampa Bay should win this one easily, but you know that's what they were saying about, about Vikings-Packers yesterday, is Packers should have no problem with the Vikings, and bam, 2-5, and five, just like that. Free. The Minnesota Football Showcase, which has featured the top high school players in the state, has been officially postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The game has been played after the completion of the high school season since its inception in 1945 and became an annual event in 1974. In recent years, uh, the game has been played at U.S. Bank Stadium as the Minnesota Football Coaches Association's All-Star Game. According to a press release, 4,600 players and 489 coaches have taken part in the game over the years, including a couple uh, current Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen was there as a Laker in 2008. C.J. Ham played there as well. And last year, you may remember, uh, Gabe Hannon participated in the All-Star Game. The MCFA announced that this year's game will be moved to June 2021, and the exact date and location will be announced at a later date. 
We're talking to Mike Grimm coming up second half of the sports wrap. But just to give you a preview of what happened, the Gopher football team blowing a 17-point lead to Maryland on Friday night, losing 45-44 to in overtime. Gophers overwhelming favorites. I didn't have a chance to watch or listen to this game, so we'll get a first-hand account from Mike. We were in uh, Purim for Lakers and Purim on Friday night. I was watching the game and keeping you all updated with what was going down there. Uh, it, it was 21-7 Maryland early. The Gophers came back to take a 28-21 lead. Gophers were up 10 with about 8 minutes left, and we had the decision to make, Charlie and I, we could send it to Gopher football for pretty much the post-game show, or we can send it to after the game with Ryan Phelps. We allowed, we elected to go after the game with Ryan Phelps. I got home. My phone blew up with texts from Charlie saying, hey, man, the Gophers just lost and couldn't believe it. We'll talk to Mike Grimm, second half of the sports wrap here on KDLM. The voice of the Gophers, coming up next. I'm Chris Rose with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Steelers entered Week 8 as the NFL's lone unbeaten, and they left Baltimore a perfect 7-0. Lamar Jackson had four turnovers, including a pair of picks in a 28-24 Ravens loss that still came down to the game's final play. Russell Wilson threw four touchdowns in a convincing 10-point win over the Niners, while Patrick Mahomes threw five in a 35-9 laugher over the Jets. Dalvin Cook was back in a big way with four total touchdowns in the Vikings' 28-22 win over the Packers in Green Bay. In the upset of the day, the Titans lost 31-20 to the Bengals. Joe Burrow sealed the win with two touchdowns in the final quarter. The Tua-Tunga-Vailoa era in Miami started with a 28-17 win over the Rams. The Saints outlasted the Bears in overtime, winning 26-23. And the 3-4-1 Eagles, they're in first place in the NFC East after a Sunday night win over the Cowboys. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Golden Gopher head coach P.J. Fleck spoke with our Justin Guard following Friday's loss in College Park. You know, we didn't deserve to win that football game whatsoever. Uh, you know, we've been on the other ends of those, too. Last year, we were on the other ends of those, Fresno State, Georgia Southern, South Dakota State, things like that. And I told them that's what that locker room on the other side felt like and looked like. And we didn't deserve to win that football game. We made way too many mistakes. Uh, defensively way too many yards, um, did not tackle well, too many explosive plays. Then offensively, we had an opportunity to go win the game like we like we, like we do at Minnesota football, and we, we, we just didn't do it. So we didn't deserve to win the football game. Congratulations to Maryland. They did a really good job. Given that your defense had struggled so much and they were scoring you know, pretty much at will there in the fourth quarter in overtime, was there any consideration to going for two right on that first overtime? Uh, no, because we were going to get the ball right back. Uh, we were going to get the ball right back. Uh, we felt like we could score, put the pressure back on them. So, uh, no, none whatsoever. The Gophers will now visit Illinois for a Saturday afternoon tilt at 2.30. Both teams looking for win number one of the season. For more info on Gopher football, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Thirteen forty, KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Monday morning. Joined on the phone now by the voice of the Golden Gopher football team, Mike Graham, making the uh, the long trip back from Maryland after kind of a disappointing loss on Friday. How are you doing, Mike? 
Yeah, doing okay. It's a new week. It's a, it's a Monday, and uh, you know, away we go. But Friday night was uh, was certainly not one of the Gophers' best uh, outings. That's for sure. Yeah, Gophers lose at overtime, forty five forty four to Maryland. Before we talk about the bad stuff, let's talk about the good stuff. That's that's one of the directions we've been trying to go here on the Sports Wrap is highlighting the good things and two really really good things on Friday night. Muhammad Ibrahim. Four rushing touchdowns, 207 yards, and Chris Ottman Bell a touchdown, 112 receiving yards for that offense on Friday. Yeah, he had a great game. You know, um, uh, talking about Muhammad, he was, uh, you know, you mentioned 207 yards. He did carry it 42 times, so I'm sure he will. Um, you know, he'll he'll uh, have some uh, an extra day maybe off of practice this week. I would think. Um, I'm guessing he did the hot tub or the cold tub or whatever. Um, that's a lot. That's a big workload. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he was really good. I mean, they were, you know, the zone uh, outside and the inside zone were working great. And the offensive line did a nice job. Um, so, and he was in his home state. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, it would have been nice to see him get one more touchdown in that fourth quarter because that probably would have finished the game off. But, um, the offense just didn't uh, be able to get that done. And then Chris Altman-Bell had a couple of really good catches in traffic. Um, he's had, you know, three or four of those now this year, and we saw what he did last year. And, um, you know, that's a guy that they continue to need to to, uh, to get the ball to, and uh, they'll need to continue to find Rashad Bateman as well. I think he had just four targets uh, on Friday night. They only threw the ball 15 times um, in an overtime game. Um, and, you know, there's some thought there that, uh, you know, they scored 31 straight points by basically handing the ball off to Muhammad Ibrahim. So, you know, it, it, uh, you know, you could second guess what they did in the fourth quarter, particularly once Maryland sold out to, to stop the run, but, um, it had been working. So you like to stay with that pattern, but uh, as it turns out, it didn't work. Let's talk about the Gopher defense. Back-to-back 40-point games, uh, giving up 675 total yards of offense to a team that only had what, 200-and-something against Northwestern the week before. Uh, really good game for Maryland. Jake Funk, running back, career 216 yards, 21 carries. Uh, Talia Tagvailoa, 394 passing yards, four touchdowns, 64 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Is this uh, an inexperience issue with the Gopher defense, or is this a talent issue with the Gopher defense? It's a good question. I think it's an issue that they're going to have to really take a hard look at this week. It's disheartening. I mean, I've... Uh, this is my 15th year with the Gopher Radio Network, and that was probably the worst, uh, you know, effort's not the right word because I think they're trying hard, but uh, just in terms of production. And, and I sat through a 2017 mm. um, that was no good at all, that didn't win a game, and I thought that that was probably the worst defensive team um, that I'd seen, not just at Minnesota, but in the Big Ten in my time following the Big Ten, which is a long time. Um, but I thought individually, singularly, that game the other night, as you mentioned, they, they, this Maryland team is not that great. Minnesota was a 20-point favorite. Uh, so it was very disheartening to see that. And so I think they got to look at a lot of stuff. Obviously, they got to look at scheme. they got to look at what their guys are doing. They have to probably look at the personnel and the guys themselves and say, do we have the right guys out there? Um, and if and and is this a situation that it will click? And that has happened sometimes. I mean, it you know even the Vikings you know Sunday when you look at what they did, um, you know their defense hasn't been very good. And then um, you know the, the Packers march right down the field twice to start the game, and you're thinking, my goodness, this is going to be a shellacking. And something clicked with a bunch of backups, and that or Aaron Rodgers uh, turned human somehow. I don't know. Does anybody know how that happened or why that happened? And, <laughs> and sometimes it works. Sometimes that, 
you know, football and sports are funny things. Uh, I, you know, this feels a little bit um, like it did coming back from Illinois a couple of years ago and they released the defensive coordinator, Rob Smith. And at that point, you know, there are people thinking PJ Fleck might not make it through the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just had to fire his defensive coordinator. They just gave up 55 points to a terrible Illinois team. And the next week they're playing Purdue, who was two weeks coming off of beating Ohio State, and Purdue was scoring 40 and 50 points, and they they beat the Boilermakers like 40 to 10. You're like, how did that happen? And really, that started the turnaround to me. That was the when people say, when did when did this thing turn to where Minnesota, you know, last year of course won 11. Um, I, I say that Purdue game. A lot of people say the Axe game. I think it was two weeks before. I and there's no explanation. It was the same people, and all of a sudden you went from giving up 600 and 30 yards at Illinois to uh, stopping at that time, one of the most prolific offenses in the league. And so the hope is that happens that that somewhere it clicks and you get it, but that doesn't mean you can't take a hard look at it. And if it doesn't happen, if it keeps going like this, then, then it it creates a deeper question of, you know, personnel. And, and as you said, the question has to be asked, are the players big 10 players? And um, you hope that it clicks. You hope they get better. There's no doubt experience matters. But, you know, I've seen enough teams that have had to replace five, six, seven starters on defense that, you know, have struggled. But struggling is one thing, giving up 675 yards and forcing two punts in two weeks. You know, that's a whole nother thing. And so, yeah, I think they're I think they're going to have to, you know, take a hard look all week at a lot of things. Let's talk about the turnover because it starts now. Maryland in the past looking ahead to a winless Illinois team uh, Saturday kickoff at 230 Pre-game show begins at 12.30 here on KDLM. Uh, what do we know about the Illini? Well, they've been hit a little bit by the coronavirus as well. Last week, they lost in a close game to Purdue. Um, it was a seven-point game, and it was in Champaign. Um, but they were doing it with a fourth-string quarterback because the first and second-team guys um, were out with COVID. Uh, the third-string guy started and hurt his ankle. Um, they were missing, uh, you know, a handful of other guys, including their starting kicker, which sounds familiar. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, and they played at uh, Purdue pretty tough. And Purdue right now is atop the West with Northwestern at 2-0. So, um, you know, Minnesota's an eight-point favorite, it sounds like, going into that game. Um, Illinois has, you know, they, 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 they personnel-wise, they, they probably aren't, um, you know, amongst the upper echelon of teams in the Big Ten. But at this point, if you're Minnesota, I, you know, based on what happened last Friday, um, you can't take anything for granted. You're going to have to, you know, put in a good game plan. You're going to have to execute. The offense is clearly going to have to score some points. And um, if, if you think it's going to just go in and be a cakewalk, then you're probably going to end up being disappointed. So hopefully they'll go in focused. I, I thought they were actually, you know, I, I, I thought they played hard the other night, Friday. Um, but you know, they just, they just didn't make any plays and they were in the wrong spots a lot on defense. So I don't think it was an effort issue. I don't think anybody quit. Um, obviously they didn't quit. They were down 21, seven and ended up with a 17 point lead, but, um, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to have to, you know, play sharp and and execute certainly on Saturday, even if if Illinois is not one of the better teams on the schedule. Gophers, uh, kind of a surprising 0-2 right now. A couple other surprises I see on the schedule. Uh, opponents coming up for the Gophers. Uh, Iowa, 0-2, uh, losing to Northwestern, 21-20. to The uh, the Wildcats undefeated at 2-0. Which do you think is a bigger surprise the Big Ten right now? Winless Iowa or undefeated Northwestern? 
Yeah, I think winless Iowa probably. Um, I, I think uh, Iowa was uh, kind of thought of itself as a as a contender like Minnesota did in the in the Big Ten West, and I think it's clear neither team is as good as they thought at this point. Doesn't mean it can't change. Doesn't mean next week isn't a big game, and maybe that's what that's the swing game, much like that Purdue game from a couple of years ago. That certainly could be the case. Um, Iowa's in a in, in a bit of a pickle, and they're playing a quarterback that had never started. Um, he got off to a really good start the first half at Purdue and really hasn't played well since. Um, Iowa was up 17 nothing on uh, on Northwestern Saturday. They took advantage of two fumbles by Northwestern, had a 17 nothing lead, and then the, and then basically went quiet and laid down. And and um, and the Wildcats came back to to win the football game. And Northwestern has kind of had Iowa's number a little bit. Um, and, and quite honestly, it was a similar game to what, what Minnesota faced down in Kinnick Stadium last year when, when Iowa jumped out to a 21-3 lead and then, and then basically did nothing. And if, if not for, you know, a drop pass and a couple of, uh, of untimely interceptions, Minnesota probably wins that game down there as well, um, you know, a, a year ago in November. So um, neither team has a great record, 0-2. Um, and both are fighting through some things. Um, I think both teams are, are not as good as, as people thought. And the West is, is a little bizarre because you got Northwestern, a team that won one game in the Big Ten last year at 2-0. and um, Now they played Maryland in the opener and then uh, and then on the road at Iowa and then Purdue, um, who, who's played Iowa and Illinois, so not exactly a murderer's row. They are supposed to play Wisconsin this weekend. We'll see if that game happens. And that will give us a little better idea, probably the Boilermakers and the Badgers. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know there are winnable games upcoming on this on this Gopher schedule, um, but certainly none that you can just chalk up. Uh, I, I you know clearly in the Big Ten there usually aren't, but in this case there are no. You know, I, there were games last year this this team was playing at such a high level where I felt like, look, if if they play their game, they're going to win this game, and I frankly hadn't felt like that very often you know mm-hmm. uh with, with with this team over the years um at this point at this stage you know you're just you know with the struggles of defense you're just at this point saying um you know go in and and if you play your best hope you win you know and then that's i think where they're at you know and hopefully hopefully something clicks Zeke. Uh, you know hopefully something clicks on defense and they they start getting some stops and hopefully they start getting some stops this saturday go for football on kdlm against the illinois illini 230 kickoff 12:30 pregame show. Anything fun come up in the pregame show this week, Mike? Well, let's see. Um, well, yeah, we got a few things. One of the fun things and and, and impactful things is we have a new uh, feature uh, that Daryl Thompson. Uh, we asked him to, um, to to put together with all that had gone on in Minneapolis and 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 the the country here in the in the uh, spring and the summer. We said let's um, let's highlight some positive things. Um, you know, learn about the history of of some of the African-American athletes that have played at Minnesota and gone on to have an impact. And so we got to hear from Carl Eller. Daryl Thompson interviewed him last week on Zoom. And uh, this week, the guest is going to be Mike Sherrills, who's the former Golden Gopher from Rochester. In fact, Daryl and him both in many years apart went to the same high school in Rochester. And Mike, of course, played for the Vikings. Uh, I'm sorry, Marcus Sherrills. Marcus played for the Vikings for a number of years as a punt returner and a, and a defensive back. And so, uh, he's going to be the guest uh, this week, and it's called the We All Belong segment. That's the university's uh, um, uh, diversity uh, slogan as part of their program. So um, we're, we're kind of excited about that feature. We got a lot of good feedback on the Carl Eller interview. Ricky Foggy was Daryl's guest in week one, and, and so this week it'll be Marcus Sherrills. 
Awesome. Sounds good. 2.30 kickoff, 12.30 pregame show. Go for football versus Illinois this Saturday on KDLM. Mike, have a fantastic week, and we'll chat again soon. All right. Look forward to it, Zeke. Thank you. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Thanks again to Mike Graham for joining us on the Sports Wrap this morning. Go for football Saturday, 2.30. It's been, we haven't had a, a, a noon or is it 10 o'clock kickoff, 11 o'clock kickoff yet. We don't this week, 2.30. Gophers versus Iowa, a Friday night game on October 13th or November 13th, Friday the 13th. That'll be sweet. What could go wrong? Go for football on Friday the 13th. That'll be a, a fun one. We'll have that one on KDLM as well as the Lakers play on Wednesday the 11th that week. Take a look at uh, high school volleyball matchups. Uh, a healthy slate of volleyball matchups across the state, including in our area. Fergus Falls and Wilmer tonight in volleyball action. We've got Little Falls and Piers. Alexandria travels to Moorhead. Brainerd versus Bemidji in Bemidji tonight. Nevis versus Aiken. That's important because the, the game against the Lakers, the Aiken Gobblers game last Thursday, was postponed, and that game looks like it'll be in action tonight. You got Park Christian versus Norman County East Dillon Hitterdahl tonight. Park Rapids traveling to the Thief River Falls. Ada Borup at East Grand Forks. Parker's Prairie versus Hillcrest Lutheran Academy. That game is in Fergus Falls tonight. Barnesville versus Pelican Rapids. Holly travels to Purim in high school volleyball tonight. Breckenridge versus Frazee. Henning versus Bertha Hewitt. New York Mills traveling to Verndale tonight. Wheaton Herman Norcross at Battle Lake. Brandon Evansville versus West Central Area. Sabika and Pillage are doing battle tonight. Dilworth, Glidden, Felton, and the Detroit Lakes Lakers tonight, 7.30 with a 7.15 pregame show. And Crookston traveling to Monoman Wobbin. That's right for the Sports Wrap. Back tomorrow, 9.30 on the station. You can count on 1340 KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Off the record with Zeke begins after CBS.